Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy Leffler, and you're listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. We always like to start our show with a personal update and remind you of why we do it. In November of 2000, our 17-year-old daughter, Leah, died in a car accident. Meeting the grief of her death helped us to more fully understand the territory of grief. We each took our own path on that journey, and we've now arrived in a place where we can join together to help others navigate their grief journeys. Leah's death provided a doorway to our transformation, one that we never expected. Our passion is changing the conversation around grief and helping those we talk to find meaning, purpose, and joy again so they can fully participate in their lives. We invite you to, to join today's conversation and help us build community. Welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan, where conversations build community. Our Monday Morning Conversations are meant to create a safe space where respectful dialogue is encouraged. Our intention is to promote understanding by listening when having difficult conversations. We hope to offer you resources as you travel your personal journey. Today's song is by Mumford & Sons. Where do I turn to? When there's no choice to make And how do I presume When there's so much at stake I was so sure
We want to see a sign Oh We will see a sign So give us a sign I need some guiding light Children of darkness Oh was 42 name of the song by Mumford and Sons and uh, the feeling that I got when I started thinking about the answer to life's questions and doubts uh, really came across in this very powerful arrangement from their 2015 album and um, it really struck me as someone with a troubled soul you know reaching out for for answers and I that's a perfect lead-in, uh, I think, to today's discussion about what do you do when grief really grabs you and uh, you're in the middle of the pain, this associated feeling of being weighed down and where there is doubt and fear, you know, life can be riddled with woe. So today you're invited to step away from your woe the setbacks and complications and anxieties that you may be carrying, and hopefully a conversation that can demystify and normalize what everyone carries around but no one wants to talk about. I'm always um, struck by how when we have a conversation with someone about what's weighing us down or what worries we have on our mind, our load is lightened a bit just by having that conversation, just by speaking it out loud. And we, Dan and I were having this conversation um, earlier this year when we went on, on vacation. And we had a lot of conversations and were able to feel things in a, a little bit of a lighter way. And we wondered, what is, is, is that because of our grief? What is the impact that a vacation has on someone who is grieving? Does it change our experience? I know some people have told me that they feel like they, don't, they can't go on a vacation after the death of a loved one when they're experiencing deep grief. And so we want to understand that, too, and, and maybe unpack <laughs> from vacation <laughs> that yeah. um along with a few other things that we um that came up for us as we were preparing for today's show 
and this conversation happened as we were uh, traveling to California for a friend of ours uh, whose son was getting married, and it gave us an opportunity. Well, it was it was that break, and it was also a break that we took when we went to visit family in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there's some thoughts that I have on that as well. But what happens when you step away from your normal day-to-day and it isn't a environment that you're used to mm-hmm. and these feelings that you may have under the surface can somehow uh, bubble to the to the top right because when you're on vacation you're usually slowing down and that's when feelings can arise you're also not in the same environment where you expect your loved one to bound around the corner like we did with leah because uh, she was a bounder and she would come bounding around the corner and when we were at home i would expect to see that and and then remembering that it wasn't going to happen could take me into a darker place again. When you're on vacation, it certainly doesn't take your grief away. Your grief doesn't go away. Your grief doesn't go on vacation. It's still there with you. But as Dan said, you're in a different environment. So we're able to look at it from a different point of view. And it, it it's... Um, you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but it. My, it's what am I doing? <laughs> molding and shaping, you know, um, in a different way. Like I said, it bubbles up, and you can look at it uh, from a, a different point of view. Yeah, yeah. So some of the things that grief teaches us, we also can get a deeper understanding of when we're on vacation. Yeah, uh, exactly, and we learn to value relationships and whether that is again we speak many times of the loss of our daughter but this is really uh, appropriate for any loss loss of a relationship a loss of a situation and a job can be a divorce it could be and one of the things that we'll be talking about in a future program will be the loss of your health and the loss of perhaps a child through any one of a number of things. Uh, stillbirth is something that we want to explore and we've lined up uh, someone potentially to come in and talk to us about that and the feelings that happen when you're faced with a situation that you just don't know what to do right. and, and you're overcome. Yeah, and grief also teaches us the quick passage of time, which may sound a little bit counterintuitive because in those first days after Leah died, I didn't know how I was going to get to any place beyond that moment. I I lived moment to moment, and yet here it is almost 23 years later, and um, I'm looking around the studio here, and last week, which seems like a, 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 a blink ago, our friend Helen Moses was here talking to us about how to communicate by the, better with someone who's, who's grieving, and she's not here today. She's back in Raleigh, and that seems so, like I said, it seemed to have happened in 
the blink of an eye. So the quick pa- passage, time is always go- going to be going by. And as we've said many times before, it's what we're doing during that time that allows us to emerge in this moment with a little better understanding, a little more insight into the process, the process of grief, the process of living our best life, um, and, and learning what living in the moment means. Because living in the moment, to me, means that I am fully present here for whatever is happening in this moment. And as I do that, I receive the information I need to tell you the next thing I'm going to tell you. And I also have seen in so many ways how presence, the act of being present, presence seeds the future. So that if I am being present today, I don't know what I'm, what's going to happen a month from now, a year from now, that may have been seeded in, in this moment. And an example of, of that that I've talked about often is being tending my, my grief journey and tending my heart gave me, was seeding the future of meeting my granddaughter 20 years later. Now, I had no idea that was even going to happen. So uh, living in the unknown, that's something we'll maybe go deeper into with a show on presence in the future as well. But, but we're always living, living in the unknown. Exactly. And I think, you know, one of the things that you're talking about living in the present emphasizes that your the urgency to live right. your best life right now right because and, grief and, teaches us to value life and to value the people in our lives and when you get stuck because you can get stuck in in that emotional turmoil there may come a time when uh it's health helpful and healthful to mm-hmm. to take that step away right and look at your grief in a different way right because going on vacation takes you out of your ordinary daily situations and puts you in a place that you don't live every day so you have that chance to maybe look at it from a different point of view maybe get curious about how it feels in this particular circumstance because getting unstuck in your grief is your decision and it's a way for you to get some control back uh, into your life. Now, right. from our story, what we did the second Christmas after we were recovering from the loss of our daughter was to look at the Christmas holidays in a different way. And we basically uh, pulled up our the vacation we took, let's put it that way, Um, was to Cozumel, and that uh, gave us an opportunity to um, see palm trees at Christmas time, which was something we had never seen before. Right. And just that change uh, allowed us to get through a very difficult holiday because Leah loved Christmas time, loved decorating the tree, loved all of the things that went into Christmas, and it was just too hard for us to do at the time so we decided that uh, it was in our best interest to change things up right right and we have a show coming up closer to the holidays 
to talk more in depth about what we did, why we did, and give you some help in creating traditions that uh, um, that will help you get through those difficult times as well. Lost folk. Uh, uh, one of the things that Lost does is to take us out of the the ordinary. We're in a new a, a new normal. We I often talk about it as living in a country without a not without knowing the language and expecting to run a business and be successful. And uh, oh wow, there's a whole, a whole entrepreneurial there. But that's that's a different show. Uh, but vacation is also a time that takes us out of that of that ordinary, and we experience life in a different way. And we've often talked about grief being a stepping stone to transform your life and to look at your life in a different way, and how we meet or retreat from that transformation process that depends on your experience. And, and as we've said before, everyone's experience of grief and loss is unique. Right. Well, let's take a little bit of time to talk about the different kinds of vacation because all these things we're going to list, you may have another idea of what a vacation is. And vacations may mean something different to everyone, just like everyone grieves in their own way. And so different kinds of vacations. And as you, Nancy said, uh, there may be many different kinds of but here are some of the ones that we've listed. Visiting with a fan, family or friends. And that could happen in a variety of, of circumstances. Uh, that could be the main event where you plan to go visit a family member or friends. Or you could be going to a wedding like we did and meet up with friends that we haven't seen for a while. There's also uh, a vacation to go to someplace new visiting the places that uh, we've come to know in Minnesota has been a mini vacation of sorts. And it doesn't have to be uh, a big holiday away. Two-week trip to France, oh, although uh, that was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it can be a getaway for the weekend to a remote cabin. It might be your cabin uh, out in the forest someplace it might be going on a planned tour which wherever that takes out the planning and the logistics out of your hands and puts put them in someone else's and sometimes that's something that, that you might look forward to because planning all those things could be stressful exactly you know visiting a um, loved vacation spot you know one of the things that we did for years was to go to uh, a vacation resort on a lake in Michigan because that was our picture-perfect ideal family vacation. Many good memories there. Yeah, and many years later, we visited that vacation spot again, and we were visiting friends. Uh, They vacationed there with us when we were, both of our families were growing up, and visiting it again many years later did bring up memories and they were all good memories and they some of them brought a tear to my eye and that's okay that's okay to allow those feelings to be there because they're your feelings 
Exactly. Another one that you may not think of is, is uh, anytime you get away for a retreat, whether it's a, a business retreat or a spiritual retreat or um, something that's sponsored by a host for educational purposes, that can be enough of a change in uh, your environment to spark this vacation from the, the burdens that you may be carrying. Right, and many times I have taken an extra day after a, a retreat, so so I have a an extra day to reflect on what may have come up on on the retreat. So it's like a vacation after a retreat to help to, to help me process things and help me to be able to reintegrate after that. Because oftentimes, no matter what kind of vacation you're on, you've heard people say they need a vacation from the vacation and it's really knowing yourself well enough to know if you, if you need a day bef- uh, before you get back into your everyday life after having um, a day of aerpl- airplane travel or car travel or whatever it is. Do you need an extra day? And when we were working, a mental health day. Right, right. That could be a, a vacation of sorts. Um, just a day to take for yourself. That's really great self-care. Yeah, to decompress, to reflect, and uh, and same thing with the physical health day. There have been times, especially as I've gotten older, uh, last week in particular, where um, I was uh, gifted having a a day off with uh, to to tend to the things that I needed to tend to, and it was just such a welcome relief. We often hear about creating a life where you don't need a vacation. So living your best life and incorporating or integrating the feelings of vacation into your everyday life, and that's something I'm still working on. It's something that I recognize when it's there. But that, I think that's an interesting thing to reflect on. So that's maybe an invitation for you to do some writing. What, what would that look like for you? What would a life that you don't need a vacation from look like for you? Start to do some little things to create that for yourself. Or it could be a combination of any of the things above. But what it does take, I think, is an awareness in our effort to find what brings us to purpose and meaning and how do we connect with that awareness to bring our gifts to the world can you envision being surprised and delighted uh, in that journey and creating that life that you don't need a vacation from and when grief does knock you down will you choose to rise well and and knowing what helps you to rise, knowing that if you need to take a day to yourself to feel your own feelings so that, and be away from people who tell you you shouldn't feel that way or tell you how to feel, um, knowing what, it helps, what helps you to rise. Maybe it's doing a creative endeavor that takes you out of your thinking mind and just puts you in touch with um, those feelings. Uh, whatever that is, it could be cooking, it could be art, it could be working in the garden or being out in nature. Find out for you 
what that is? For me, uh, it is finding inspiration in music, and it's one of the reasons why I like to incorporate a song into uh, our program. Uh, It gives us a theme to work around and also allows me to uh, creatively think about the content that uh, we're presenting to you today. And what creates a space for that work to take place? Creating opportunities for, for dialogue and having these conversations calls for an awareness and calls for us to be present uh, to each other here in the studio. And hopefully it is something that the audience recognizes that uh, you know, we're, we're just two people having a conversation about things that have been become important to us. And that when we share our experiences, uh, it's a way that we relieve the pain that we've uh, experienced and hopefully bring you insights into what is possible. Yeah, and as you said that, relieving the pain, whenever we have any kind of pain, whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain, what is it that relieves that pain or what is it that helps to heal the underlying uh, reasons for that pain? And some of, the, some of it might be an equation that does that, and some of it might be a mystery. We don't know why all of a sudden a hip that has been hurting every day when we get out of bed all of a sudden doesn't hurt. But maybe it's the fact that we are having more conversations about um, things that are important to us. Maybe that has helped it. And how? I don't know. I, I think when you say creating a space for the work, creating a space to, for our bodies, minds, and spirits to look at things in a different way, have different influences that, that help to surprise and delight us. One of the things that also is important in in this is our connection not only to each other and to family and community and you know to mention those friends that continue to come back into our lives and touch us in ways that ignite something in us uh, to to move forward in the world to be inspired by you know certainly when we have a guest uh, like Helen in our presence there is a uh, an energy that is created when we gather together and that spirit is something that you know when we speak of at the beginning of the show of creating a community uh, it's with the intent that seeking that connection And in different communities, we experience different types of connections. I was reading an article about the bicycling community Mm. or the hiking community that the friends of ours who have hiked the Appalachian Trail and have shared their stories on Facebook, who have come upon strangers who have opened their homes, opened their hearts, opened their pantries (laughs) to people who who walk a path that is um, less traveled, you know, <laughs> to 
steal mm-hmm. from uh, who was it that said that take the uh, take the road less traveled, less traveled yeah, yeah. Uh, emerson um or if you're um thinking of the lgbtqa plus community the network of family that uh, exists and families that um, exist uh, to support one another in the expression of our identities as we come to know ourselves. Same thing with the radio family. Uh, When we joined uh, WFNU in January, we were invited in cordially and with welcome hearts that um, made the uh, chance to sit here and share these thoughts with you just a, a delightful experience. And then church communities and uh, the things that occur in our neighborhood. And we've talked about the Rondo block party that we attended and how community uh, touched us there. Or if you're living in a a, a community that has an HOA, what's the um, environment like there? How do you support and contribute to a community as a part of the day-to-day existence that you have? What is What are you called to do? Yeah, and... Um one of the things that happens when I go on vacation, uh, when I take time away from my ordinary life, I get a respite from the daily reminders of our loss, especially early on. Not that I ever forget that Leah isn't with us anymore, but like I, like I said, it was a respite from the daily reminders that you know, she's not in our lives anymore, that, um, that she is... Um, the things that she touched are no longer in her lives. The the um, clothes left somewhere until another time are, aren't there anymore. Or if they are, they're going to stay there for a really long time until I pick them up. Uh, and, and, and so those daily reminders, whatever they are, um, early on it was seeing some of her favorite foods still in the kitchen cabinets or being in her car and seeing the, the, the things that she hung on, on the mirror or using a cup that she used for apple juice, uh, hot apple cider on the way to school, things that I weren't ready to get rid of for a really long time. And, and so when I'm on vacation, those things aren't there. And yet when we're visiting for family and friends, it can be bittersweet because we, we remember times with those same family and friends when she was there. So... We're creating new memories and thinking about old ones. One of the um, examples of that is going to our friends Robin Mary's and seeing uh, Leah's picture on their refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Things that touch us because she is still present in the lives of the family and friends that we we know and love. Yeah, and that we did a lot of things with when she was still with us physically. also want to mention in my notes here, I I have the grief of unmet expectations and how Mm. quality time and communication uh, can help uh, balance and meet those unmet expectations. 
when we get together with people we haven't seen for a long time, have you ever felt that instant reconnection with them like no time at all has passed? Mm-hmm. And having a conversation and letting each other know how our lives have been affected because of that relationship, it's a moment of recreation or recreation. And, um, you know, I love playing with words sometimes to look at the root of how things came into being. Yeah. And to have those thoughtful conversations just begins uh, a different type of healing, especially when you are outside that normal environment of your day-to-day life and visiting. Yeah, and, and that, that feeling of instant connection can allow you to get more deeply into conversation right away rather than needing to find common ground again. And those kinds of friends are rare, and we really are grateful blessed. and blessed. <clears throat> yeah, and blessed to have them in our lives. One of the things that vacations we always do for me, too, is we talked earlier about the urgency of living a good life. They always remind me of the urgency of living my best life now and not not waiting until I achieve some probably unachievable um, goal to um, get there. Or that's another way of saying not waiting until everything is perfect until I do what is really, um, my heart is really calling me to do or what is a true heart longing. And we do that all the time. Perfectionism can meet us and derail us when we tell ourselves we have to wait until we lose that last whatever pounds before we can go even go on vacation or before we can wear the things that we want to wear or before we look a certain way before we can allow ourselves to um, reconnect with somebody because or maybe a good example of that is class reunions how many times i've heard about people not wanting to go to class reunions because they don't look like they did 20 25 35 years ago well who does you know we all change (laughs) we all age and um, the way that we feel about ourselves is reflected in that not needing to be perfect. And it's it's really a myth of p- perfectionism. And grief really unraveled, my grief journey unraveled that myth of perfectionism for me because now I don't wait until whatever it is I was waiting for to do the things that I want to do to write a book or to be on the radio or to whatever whatever it is, move to Minnesota to be close to my son and his family and be a grandma uh, full-time almost. <laughs> full-time, yeah. It's, it's, I'm still a full-time grandma. So um, take a look at, at, the, at that for yourself too. Are there places in, in your life where you are waiting for, for things to be perfect, for all the stars to align in the right way? before you do something. Maybe that's another way to create a life that that you don't need to take a vacation from. Yeah, good point. And that creating the life 
where you don't need a vacation from. You're in it right now, whether you know it or not. Whether you know it or not, yeah. And you can choose to reframe it in that uh, context. Um, And that's what we talk about, you know, getting stuck uh, or getting unstuck from the perception that you have of... Well, and I really think that being stuck is a perception, too. Because you think you're stuck, and because you think you're stuck, you stay there. But if you got curious about what being stuck meant, it means that, for me, usually, I'm not feeling a certain feeling. I'm not allowing that feeling to come through or talking to someone about it. So... Sometimes I like to, to play the game that, that um, nothing I tell myself is true. And <laughs> what does that mean? What's the opposite of, of that? Like if I tell myself I'm stuck, then I'm going to be stuck because that's what I told myself. But if I say I don't believe that I'm stuck, and now what does that mean? And, and that's when you can start that, – that, that, that's what you were talking about, making, making – that makes the space that you were talking about to mm-hmm. see things – from a different point of view or get a new insight into what stuck means to you in this moment. I, I like that. I, I often think of it as uh, my emotional dial of discomfort. Spin the wheel <laughs> and, you know, see where where things will stop and, you know, what brings that light bulb of awareness. And I, I, I like what you just said. But what gives you your reason to dance in the rain mm-hmm. and take that uh, path less traveled um, comes down to, you know, being, you know, what is a journey of our soul? Um, you know, where are we going on this path? Yeah, we were at the farmer's market on Saturday and there was a, a guy playing the cello and he was playing Moon River. And Dan looked at me and he said, waltz? And in that moment, I usually say no. But in that moment, I said, I'm going to say yes this time. And so I said yes, which meant that I had to do it. And it was just a really sweet moment that we we waltzed for, I don't know, how long? Not even a minute, maybe? No. Maybe a minute? The minute waltz. (laughs) (laughs) And did people look at us and shake their heads? I don't don't even know. It really didn't matter. It was more a feeling of the way that I felt in that moment, dancing with my beloved husband, and um, we really didn't talk about it until now. Um, he didn't say, I'm glad you did that, or thank you for saying yes, and I didn't say, I was going to say no, but I didn't say, but I didn't. I just, it was just one of those moments, and so I want to have more of those moments, and that's what um, my grief journey has taught me, is that it's okay to do those things, because what if people had stared and, la- and laughed at us and pointed? I don't care. Exactly. (laughs) And the thought that uh, went through my mind at that moment was, what a lucky man I am, (laughs) you know, to dance, you know, to take a moment to... Holding our vegetables and everything. Yeah, an expression of the love that we felt uh, in that that moment. Yeah, and I think that's what, one example of being surprised and delighted we yeah. were each surprised and delighted for different reasons, but that was a moment of surprise and delight for me. And that also is, you know, we were talking about 
uh, what does it mean to live a life of meaning, purpose, and joy? We talk about that all the time, but what embodies that? And I think that moment definitely embodied joy. Definitely. Um, there was uh, just a, you know, just the perfect setting and a perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that's that's what it takes. What what did we learn? Op- <laughs> opportunity, uh, motive, and um, something else. Uh, means. Well, we, it, we, and just as he said that, we came upon a crosswalk, which gave us just a little bit more room. So, um, yeah, we had we had the um, the means. Exactly, and uh, and it was a beautiful moment. Ah, oh, well. Well, the other thing that being in a new place can do and often does for me is can elicit feelings that haven't surfaced for a while and that's why writing for me is really important because writing always when I put pen to paper and sometimes when I'm doing it on my computer but writing always helps to helps me to see things in a way that I can't with just thinking about them something else comes out is created and so writing about your experience when you're having those feelings when you're in a new place can be a really great way to um, anchor them in your body to help to integrate them later when you go back to look look at that and so I I often come home from vacation with a new sense of who I am with a new sense of purpose and if I write about it with how that's going to show up in my life the hour has continued to uh, slip by, and you know, as the song says, time keeps on slipping. We've covered a lot of ground, different types of vacations, breaking the routine, how to meet um, and retreat from your grief can give you new experiences that uh, offer insight into your healing and the journey that you've taken and will continue to take, that vacations uh, allow you to change your routine and to explore your life in a a slightly different, uh, more meaningful way. That uh, is also moments where joy can creep in and one of the things that uh, also happened this weekend as we were preparing for the show um, you were sitting on the couch and it was the satisfaction of pouring you a cup of coffee and you only being half conscious of me uh, doing that as you were typing uh, away and um, there was a connection that I made in the awareness yeah and and that was that that awareness of that moment is a moment that you created we did that you didn't need a vacation from because you you were in that awareness in that ordinary moment yes and finding that special quality um and like I said it was satisfaction yeah and knowing that we can have that those feelings of connection, satisfaction, et cetera, in the ordinary moments, too. We don't need to take an extravagant vacation. We need to t- 
take the moments to live our lives passion and to connect with the essence of who we are and I, that's what we were doing in that moment and 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 being aware of it is the key i think so mick jagger uh i i, I say you can get satisfaction <laughs> um yeah. That uh, is one of the things that, <laughs> uh, again, you know, connecting to music and to how I grew up way back when. Yeah, and laughing. You know, I, um, that's one of the ways that I connect is with laughter. And Before I read today's inspiration, it occurred to me to ask you, our listeners, if there's any topics that, you'd like to hear us discuss anything that you've heard that we would like to hear us go into more deeply or any topics that we haven't discussed that um, you'd like to hear us discuss. Um, you can reach out to us in a number of different ways uh, for, um, on our website, etc. But l let us know. We would love to talk about what you, you want to hear from us. Some of the Folks that, that we've mentioned on uh, today's show, we're listening for the things that touch us and help us to connect, keep connected with you uh, in, in all our efforts. Today's inspiration comes from Connie Myers. She says, when I was doing my retreats and talking about visioning, I would quote Ralph Waldo Emerson when he spent one year, one month, one week in the simple log cabin he built. This was the conclusion he came to. It's so powerful. It's called the experiment. I have learned that if one advances confidently in the direction of their dream, endeavoring to live the life they are imagining, one passes an invisible boundary. All sorts of things began to occur that never otherwise would have occurred. One begins to meet with success, unexpected in common hours. New, more universal, more liberal laws begin to establish themselves around this person, or the old laws are rearranged in one's favor. Nevertheless, one begins to live with a, a license of higher order of being. It's so true. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. Thank you for listening. Through our own journey, we know that it's possible to find meaning, purpose, and joy again after a loss. Join us each week as we share useful information to help you develop the skills necessary to meet grief when it enters your life and to show you the importance of having difficult conversations, even when you don't know how to start them. If you're looking for more information, you can find us at our website, beingwithgrief.com dot com.